Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following program is brought to you by the Preferred Home Team. Content is provided for general information only and should not be treated as a substitute for professional advice from your legal or real estate advisors. Welcome to the Real Estate Radio Hour, a forum of ideas, plans, and expert advice on all things real estate. Andy Pransky with Remax Advantage Plus was named Super Agent by Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine. Chris Rooney of Remax Preferred is a Lakeshore and Luxury Home Specialist. Together, they cover the Twin Cities. Thanks so much for joining us. Denny Long is away. He's on a good neighbor tour and will return in a couple of weeks. Steve Thompson sitting in with the guys. Good to see Chris Rooney and, of course, uh, our, our good friend Andy Prasky. And, Andy, I always catch up on what's going on up in Champlain when yeah. I see you. You know, we always get that out of the way. Uh, before we, we sure go do, we talk riverfront. We talk. Yeah, all. exactly. We, we, I think we're always shocked every year. There's always something new and exciting happening up in that little town. Yeah, and then uh, you know, I, I talk sports with Chris during the breaks. So exactly. What's going on? And get his opinions and all the moves. With well, I was actually talking to teams. I was talking to Dennis while you guys were yeah. talking about some land on the river. Yeah, no well, show prep at all. I, yeah. You know. yeah. <laughs> Heck with it's the authentic. Show. Let's just say that. Now you you brought in a magazine. Um, and now this oh, is radio, geez. but. Yeah. Uh, Chris? Well, Minnesota Association of Realtors decided to put our uh, our Chris Rooney right on the cover of that magazine, which is kind of fun. And uh, just kind of giving him a, a nice article about his business and the years of being in the business, experience and good ethics and good looks, I suppose. Yeah. No, that's why they keep me on the radio. But, uh, right. No, that's all right. That was nice. Yeah, so, it was very thank nice. You. Yeah, I brought it in today to make fun. I mean, uh, promote <laughs> yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. No, no, we were talking before we went on the air about yeah. Riverfront, but I, I suppose Lakeshore Properties, Riverfront, this is it. I mean, this is, if you can't sell it now, you're going to probably <laughs> sit on it for a while. Well, Tom, it's a, it's a lifestyle. I mean, there's no question it's a lifestyle, whether you're on the river or you got lakefront, but living on the river is a little different yep. than on a lake. I know you guys deal with it a lot more than me, kind of up in that Champlain area. And you're, you're from Champlain, right? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same. Yeah. And you're on the river. Yeah. Family yeah. moved there in 73. And- yeah. So. Yeah, if it, what's nice is it with the river, if you don't like what you're looking at today, come back tomorrow, it's a whole different scenery, which is kind of nice. You know, the the you know the, the fluctuation of the actual, uh, you know, uh, height of the river, the, there's a log flowing by, whatever. But it's that part of Champlain, what's interesting, a lot of people don't realize, is that that's one of the largest recreational lakes in the state of Minnesota. It's like nine miles long. And so for water skiers, pontooners, and everything else, and it's averages, what was it, uh, Steve? 12, 15 feet deep, something like that, it averages. Yeah, yeah, about that, particularly between the dam and the bridge yep. that, that runs between Anoka and Champlain. You get north of there, and then you got to kind of know the lay of the land to avoid some of the rock piles and that sort of thing. Or you learn but, fast. But it's really, a hidden ge- <laughs> it's really a hidden gem. I've had people up to the house, and we go mm-hmm. out on the pontoon. It's like, I had no idea this was here. I had no right. idea. You know, we're Lake Minnetonka or Prior Lake or yep. Medicine Lake and some of those biggies. 
Everybody knows about that, but mm-hmm. but the river's really that hidden gem, and here it is running right through the heart of the Twin Cities. No, yeah. totally. And then, how about like for swimming and stuff? I mean, oh yeah, oh, it's, it's good. Great. Yeah, you always think you know the current's going to just wash you away, no. and you're going to end up in Louisiana. No, it's like being in a lazy river is the way I call it. You know, you yeah, kind of if you can imagine that situation where you're floating, and if you're not paying attention, you're you know moving five six feet in a matter of ten seconds, I suppose, or not even that fast probably. But it's uh, it's it's fun. You know, it uh, I don't know, it keeps you on your toes. It's unique. What's the, how about the layout of houses on there? I mean, because they're all over the board price-wise. I mean, it's some are really affordable. You know, we were just talking about that. We found one non-MLS one this week that was under 400 But, I mean, we've seen them all the way up to a million six, um, million seven actually out there. And there's, I'd say the average, you know, you probably that four to 800 is somewhere in there is kind of a, a nice landing point. Because a good lot's probably, you know, four, 450 and then you put the house on top of it and you're, um, I, I get, I've got a lot of my buddies, of course, being a local guy up there too, that live out there. And it's kind of fun to see where, you know, if you can get a place for 400 and you can start from scratch and you can build a new house on there, or you remodel the house and that, that's kind of what we're seeing quite a bit of. Yeah. And there's a lot of teardowns. There's still a lot of older properties, yeah. things that were maybe built in the forties or fifties. I live in a house that was built in 55 mm-hmm. and you're seeing more and more of those being torn down and, and new stuff being put on those lots. But one of the challenges is is that you've got potentially a lot of shoreline work to be done, you know, depending on who had the property right. before. And that can get expensive for that, sure. We were just talking about that. I've had a couple of properties up there where, you know, the, the customer comes in and says, well, geez, you know, the, the house is a 1970s, 60s built house. It's really dated. What they're not realizing is there's a brand new $150,000, you know, landscaping retaining wall system down in the river that the customer or the previous owner put their their value and their investment into versus the other guy that made the house pretty. As I say, put the, uh, you know, the lipstick or the fingernail polish on the uh, situation and they put the new cabinets, new kitchen in. They may sell faster, but there's a lot of things to think about, variables to think about when it comes to a moving shoreline like that, because that shoreline can recede and disappear if you don't take care of it. What's interesting about what you just said there, too, is 100%, that's what the value is, but what customers or buyers are typically looking at is that fluff on the top. I was just uh, out showing houses the other day, and uh, these people did, I mean, had all new siding. It was super cool gazebo. Great landscaping, and then they added um, a cement driveway. I mean, real nice. But then you go inside, and there's like three different styles of carpet, you know, yeah. four different paints. And then, you know, if they would have actually taken that money, even just from the driveway and put it in the house, yeah. that house would have been sold like that. So what about the uh, customer that wants that that lifestyle, but they don't, you know, necessarily need the river or the lake? How, how are a pool selling this year? I know I've got a couple properties I've just listed with pools. And, man, it, what a fun time here to sell those houses. No question. And I think a pool kind of comes into, um, it becomes an asset when the buyer is at a price range that they can afford to run the pool. You know, because sometimes when you have a a lower house, um, we're actually dealing with that right now on a home that uh, is in a a lower price range. And when I say lower price range, under $300,000. And so what you do is you kind of struggle with you know, the people that are moving in there, maybe they're pushing it to be able to get in there. Now you add a pool on top of it and all the maintenance that's required. You know, now does it become a detriment or does it become, you know, that, hey, that's pretty cool. I get a pool as well. Well, you know, I, I just was sitting down with another client of mine that said, hey, we're looking at putting the pool in and we have a $120,000 budget. Think, think about that for a second. Because you want to have the hot tub, you want to have the waterfalls, you want to have the, you know, the, the LED lights. 
you want to have all that fun stuff, and that's what adds up fast. I mean, I, I don't, I, I wouldn't know if a pool guy wanted to call in and talk about that, but an in-ground pool, I mean, I would say you're starting minimum investments, probably 40000 all the way At up least. to whatever you'd like to then you got a landscape around it. True. You know, and have it ready. So, yeah, people that are looking for pools, because when you put one into a house, you're not going to get that back. You right. know what I mean? Not all of it. But, I mean, at certain price ranges, as you move up and up, mm-hmm. I mean, now it becomes uh, just like you said, hey, I got to put – it'll cost me 100000 to put it at my house. Right. Or I can go buy that house for 50000 less right. and get uh, get my pool already. Right. And right. so then be, it becomes again, an it's, advantage. It's lifestyle. Just like when you spend a little more on a car, a new car, a fancy car, and you depreciate more on the front end. But it's what you want. It's what you need. It's, you know – and that's the thing with pools because I know there's a lot of people listening. They're like, but, 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 but. You know, they have all the but, what ifs. But – a, a pool is a limited audience. When you do it, though, I'd say do it right. What's your opinion on that, though? Because I, I think when you do a pool and you have grass all the way up to the edge of the pool and it, it looks like you didn't have enough money to finish it right, that's almost more of a detriment than it is an asset at that point. What do yeah, you think? It, it needs to become more about entertainment because I think the sale is that, gosh, look at all the kids. All the kids will be hanging out. There's kind of the negative, too. But all the kids will be hanging out. <laughs> your kids. I would, yeah, I always tell everyone, I, you know what the best pool is? The neighbor's pool. You know, they got to they take care of it. Yeah, and, get out of here. You know, you don't have to pay for it. So, um, but yeah, no, 100%. I think it, yeah. it needs to turn into, like we've been talking about, is lifestyle yeah. and selling lifestyle. And that's what you do with a pool. When I grew up with a pool, so my, it was so funny because we actually loved it and hated it because it was always the, hey, you know, it's Tuesday morning, time to go clean the pool. And, you know, good problems, right? So it got to the point of where when we got a little older, my mom would negotiate with the neighbor kids. And she was like, hey, you guys, if you pull weeds for me for 20 minutes, I'll let you kids swim. <laughs> Nicest looking yard in the neighborhood, you know, and the kids are happy. It was a win-win. So, <laughs> Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, you know, a pool also, you know, if you talk about the river and or the lake, you know, there's little things in there that, that swim around. And I'll tell you what, a lot of people are, are afraid fish. of that. Oh, fish, yes. And turtles. You know, that you're stepping on. And I have a traumatic experience at 11 years old. I was bit by a, I say it was a piranha. Maybe it was a sunfish, but I was bit. And uh, and now I just, I never go in the water unprotected. Let's well, just say weeds, that. you know, weeds can be a bummer too, you know. Yeah, oh. totally. Yeah. And so, I mean, and then the pool does it. I mean, it's funny. We we lived on the lake mm-hmm. and I love, my idea of the lake is, is seeing it because I love seeing it. I like mm-hmm. the water, um, but I don't care about really going on it. Yeah. But the pool, then we moved off and we got a pool instead. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, I was in that thing all the time. Yeah. yeah exactly. Don't let my wife call in and dispute that, but uh, I'd sneak in there every <laughs> once in a while. <laughs> all right. We got a break. We've got more coming up. It is Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky are in the studio. Phone numbers if you want to talk real estate with the guys. Uh, here we go. 651 989 9226. 651 989 9226. You can text 81807. That is 81807 here on CCO. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Welcome back. It is Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky in studio. Text line 81807, 81807, or you can call 651-989-9226. Feel free to call or text today on the program. Let's start on the text line right out of the gate. We talked about Lake Shore, River Shore properties here in the Twin Cities area. Um, What are you guys finding? Why from the text line uh, are these properties, are these homes? And, And sometimes these homes aren't much. 
I mean, they're yeah. they're old ranch style, maybe built in the fifties, sixties. Why are they selling for so much? It's it's really interesting that you should say that, and I think that also kind of goes into. Um, you got to know what the market you're dealing with because there is some homes that you might look at and say, okay, this is all it is, and here's the same one over there. But you don't realize that, hey, it's 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 deep enough on the lake to be able to create some sort of storage or garage mm-hmm. or extra apartment. And that's the one thing that you don't get, and that's where it becomes super valuable, yep. and it becomes estate-like. Mm-hmm. And that means that you know typically people that are building those big houses also have some toys. You know, mm-hmm. and so they might have a boat, they might have a couple cars and they, you know, wave runners and all that stuff. And to be able to store them on your property is, is, is very rare. But if you can get it, it's very, it's, they'll p- spend a lot of money for that. Mm-hmm. I agree. That. I know that, you know, like you get up towards the northern cabins up in Alexandria, Brainerd, and it, you, you get the cabin on the lake and then they put the road through there. And then everybody wants to buy from the farmer the, the one acre behind so they can put their pole barn with all their stuff. They're, they're, you know, and I agree with that. And having it all on one property, it's an interesting you know, situation to be in. Do you divide? Do you not divide? Because there's a lot of situations where along Lakeshore, those lots are four or 500 feet deep and they're 100 feet wide. And on paper, a guy like me comes in there and says, okay, let's put a road right up the middle. We'll divide all these lots. We'll be able to. And, that, and what Good you're point. saying is just the opposite, where you're saying, hey, don't necessarily do that if you're building a million dollar plus house because people don't want the smaller lot. They may want the longer, deeper yeah, but maybe there's a way in which to maximize both. And I don't know what the setbacks are um, from the river and in the area, but um, if you're able to create some sort of storage between the road and your home, mm-hmm. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's typically a very valuable thing. Sure. But it might be, hey, we can still do that and subdivide that and get houses that, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, hey, you know what? Across the river. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can do it. And sure, you might back up to the old road because what you're saying is basically that super long lot, you're splitting it in half and putting like a little roundabout circle right. through it and then right. getting lots that'll back up, which used to be the front street right. of those right. people. Well, and a lot of cities are, are changing their their uh, rules with, you know, how we subdivide as well because the the prices of land have gone through the roof. And that, you know, it's a whole other topic we should talk about here today too is new construction. But there's... um a lot of the lots that are being sub, you know, divided now are not 80 and 100 feet wide. These lots are 75 and 65 feet wide to keep the cost down, get the density up a little bit, still give single-family living, but yet they don't have these gigantic yards. I mean, the average city lots in some of these developments we're looking at are, you know, probably 75 feet wide, 65 to 75 feet wide, and 135 to 150 feet deep. That's it. Right. So these, talking about a 400, 500-foot deep lot is like, my, it's like acreage you could have cattle, right? I mean... So you're kind of winning on both sides. You can split off and get, you know, Easy. another lot and be able to still build uh, a storage facility. Well, and they'll increase the density across the street. But, you know, and, and that, that brings up an interesting point, too, because, you know, when you live across the street, I think there's always that illusion that, hey, we're buying these big, beautiful, expensive houses on the lake. You're not getting the same buyer looking at your house that you're getting across the street. Across the street is um, – and, and sometimes people are misguided on that and they overinvest into a property that's across the street from the – you know, if you don't have access, you don't have access. You know what I mean? It's like there's a deeded access or a limited access. That's, that's another situation, you know, or you can have a place to keep a boat. But when you can't, I think that there's a lot of those scenarios where, you know, you wonder why is there the shanties across the street? Well – you know, that's why. Well, the other thing that when, when you say about that and get access, I mean, there's a thing, you know, people say, well, I have, I have lake access or I have river access. Mm-hmm. There's a difference between having a 10-foot sl- 
uh, strip that goes in between houses, two houses that three people share, than an actual association where you have a bunch of the docks. That's true. You know, and so it's there's a different valuation that's given to those. That's you know? true. And yep. So it's kind of like, hey, the 10-foot strip, then the association, then it becomes Lakeshore if you're looking at kind of a price tiering mm-hmm. of that. So, yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, when we talk about pricing, Tom's is that it's uh, – a you, you got to know you got to know what you're dealing with and you got to know um that market you know yeah. and or you because sometimes like we were saying that that's 60s rambler mm-hmm. that's sitting there that you might i mean it might be on the perfect part of the river and you just go down a mile it's the same 60s rambler but it's mm-hmm. on a different part of the river where you know right. maybe the train is a little different i mean it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars different true and you know i i guess i always think about how for my clients and when i'm out there how do I maximize their ROI? Because once they're they've made the decision that we're moving on, this is no longer the the Millers, the Johnsons, the whatever's house anymore. This is now somebody new's property. Dividing, subdividing, sometimes can put a lot of extra money in your pocket. And I think that the um, when it comes to the family, the kids, the inheriting dad's farm or dad's you know riverfront property, mom's whatever. And it, what is the best return for the family? And so sometimes subdividing is part of that process. And then there's also you know we can't really get into taxes, but sometimes. You have the lakefront property. Let's say you can subdivide it into three lots or four lots and sell the main property all at the same time and have some really nice uh, advantages tax-wise for the family with their one time. Yeah. You so, know, and not even talking about on the lake, I've got a couple um, listings that are coming onto the market right now that have the opportunity they're subdividable. You know? And so it's kind of like, okay, from an owner standpoint, do you subdivide off that lot and sell mm-hmm. the lot and the house separately or sell it together? Now, if you're gonna if you're gonna sell it together as one piece and let them do it, right. you're gonna have to give them the advantage of that. You give now, away the money. Yeah, yep. you're gonna get something. So, I mean, a great example of ours is that the house on maybe five acres might be five twenty, mm-hmm. and then that other five acre parcel is probably one seventy five. Well, when we're gonna sell this ten acre piece together, we're gonna go five ninety five. Right. You know, so you're not getting the whole thing. You're probably getting half of it, mm-hmm. but yet you got to show the advantage to the other people. You know, right, you can't right. just say, oh, gosh, you could sell that for 175 so you should pay us twice the amount. You right. Know, exactly. You can't do that. Exactly. So, All right, guys, we have to run to a break. We have uh, the weather in a moment. More of the Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky are in studio today. Here are the numbers, 651-989-9226. You can text 81807-81807. Uh, real estate-related questions, by all means, 651 989 Nine two two six. Once again, the weather in a moment here on the CCO. Welcome back. It is the Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris and Andy are in studio. Chris Rooney, Andy Prasky. By the way, uh, phone number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. You can text 81807-81807. Uh, from the text line, we have a 31-year-old house uh, in the market for about $400,000. Uh, they're going to be uh, listing the home in Plymouth. Our realtor is suggesting about $15,000 in upgrade, including four new toilets. Are older toilets really a turnoff for potential buyers? I, think, <laughs> I throw that right back at you. What do you think? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's uh, one of our famous responses. It depends. I mean, and it really does, is that, I mean, obviously if they're bad, you know, you want to be able to replace them. I assume that realtor, if he's calling it out or she's calling it out, that it's something that's significant. Yeah. But, I mean, it depends, again, like what level of house you're going to be in. 
is what kind of toilet you're going to end up putting in. You know, right. or if it's well, dad's handicapped toilet, you know, yes. you got to get yep. that out of yep. the way. Yeah, where it also puts you, pigeonholes you into a, you're not allowing that new buyer to visualize themselves in that house. Now you're thinking, oh, I bought cute old man Johnson's house or whatever, you know, and that's the, um, what I always consider, you know, with, with the property is that that real estate agent's probably trying to neutralize and make your house attractive to as many possible people that are out there. The one part of that uh, text that we didn't see is, did they already replace the vanities? Did they redo the, you know, the tile floor and they, and they just left out the toilet? Um, because a toilet for a do-it-yourselfer seems like a big project. But I'll tell you what, I, I would do it and I would spend a little money on it, make it a nicer toilet that, you know, the people see on TV that, you know, the kids flush all the stuffed animals down or whatever. And, <laughs> you know? Yeah, and four new toilets, you might do get it, do it for it right. 1500 bucks. Yeah. You know, and that might be a, a good impact. Now, putting money into your house, $15,000, I always talk about the money is that there's certain money that you have to do to get it mm-hmm. to kind of the baseline, you know, and maybe that's deferred maintenance or whatever. Yep. But otherwise, then I look at money and say, okay, if we're going to invest it, how much are we going to make from it? So, right. you know what, you've got these hardwood floors and they're a little scratched up. You know, people are going to look at that mm-hmm. and say, you know what, geez, I mean, those are scratched up. I got to get all new hardwood floors. Well, mm-hmm. no, if we can, you know, uh, sand and refinish them, for $2,200, that might save us, you know, $10,000 well, you know, it looks Chris, great. And you know this too, just from living it every day, the, you know, are you managing a, a seller's expectations where you come in there and they say, what do I need to do to get 600000 for this house? And then you're telling them what you need to do to get to six hundred versus what is my house worth as it sits? Whole different scenario because as it sits, yeah, you're taking a lot of that depreciation. You know, when you, when you make that decision to go to market as is, the scenario you just gave is exactly what happens. A hardwood floor now is a ten thousand dollar problem instead of a fifteen hundred dollar problem. A new bathroom's fifteen to twenty five thousand, and you you roll your eyes when I say that, but those are the numbers you hear coming out of these people's mouths when you're at open houses. They're like, "Well, my God, I'm going to have to stick one hundred and fifty thousand into this house," and you're thinking they'd spend ten grand and be happy. Expectations are super high right now with the sellers, and a lot of that has to do with the online pictures that are out there. They're comparing you to new construction, and I get it. In Plymouth, I've got one that we just listed for seven fifty. Brand new, and they but they compare that, so they're like, well, if I'm going to spend four hundred, well, maybe we'll just go for it and spend seven hundred and get new. I know that doesn't seem like you're competing; you are competing. There are people that will look at both. Can I buy that house for four hundred, put a couple hundred into it or a hundred into it, and then have a great house for hundreds of thousands less, live in the neighborhood, have the great city? And so that's I don't know. That's running through those buyers' heads. And I always say, put yourself in the buyer's shoes first. Think about it from a buyer's perspective. What are they going to think driving up your street? What are they going to th- I mean, maybe that's not the right neighborhood to make that investment in, you know, and it, honestly, calling it what it is, is, is the best policy. And or maybe you're in a beautiful neighborhood and you really should spend that money. Yeah. When you guys go into a home, is it is it always floor coverings, window treatments, those types of things that really stand out to you right out of the gate that are reasonable to do price wise that make a huge difference? I would think, you know, stained, rippled carpet, older looking ratty carpet. I mean, that, that's got to be right near the top of the list. Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I, I believe decluttering is. Yeah. That's the oh. biggest thing. I mean, you got to make it look as big as you possibly can. But, you know, carpet like that. And then saying, hey, you know what? We'll give them a carpet allowance. doesn't work. It does not work. I mean, because the, the thought process is right. You know, uh, Steve Thompson's going to come in. He's going to want purple carpet because he's a big <laughs> Viking fan, you know. Yeah. So let, let's let him pick it. No. Steve Thompson will really like that neutral carpet because he won't, he'll be able to look past that. And if he wants to, um, you know, specialize in it, you know, and, and put his purple carpet in, he can later. Yeah. But it, it kills you. I mean, that's why there's a multi-billion dollar industry called HGTV and Do-It-Yourself Network because right. people cannot envision, you know. 
flip this house, you know. And, I agree. But, and, and that is, I think that's from a realtor standpoint, I think that's a real important part is that to identify the, the pieces that you need to be able to get the maximum amount of money without just kind of going crazy. I had an example, oh boy, it's almost two years ago, that uh, the seller thought needed windows and siding. And I went through it, and I'm like, no, you don't need to do that. But you do need to put in all new hardwood floors, and we have to enamel these cabinets and, you know, a few other things. Saving, I mean, 100000 probably. Right. I mean, it's a huge house, you right. know, to reside it and do all that. And that was, the, that was the better path in which to be able to take. True. You know? Well, and I think so. a lot of people, Chris, you know, the, uh, when it comes down to home equity – and you look at the what can we do with our property? Do we have any equity there? And it was interesting that last year it was one million borrowers actually achieved positive equity in their homes last year nationwide. And it was there was interesting seventy eight point eight percent of homeowners have significant equity, meaning twenty percent or more in their properties. Th- that's time to remodel. That's okay. You know you're in a beautiful area, beautiful neighborhood. It's a seller's market. You want to stay in your house. Those home improvements. What what's nice is that. Uh, these cash out refis and things. We've had lenders on here for years that talk about this, where you take a little money out and you make the house so that it's livable for you. You know what the neighborhood's like. You know where to go shopping. You know what the people are like. Stay. And and that's normally don't hear that from a realtor, but I'll tell you what, with the amount of equity that's out there right now in housing, it's it's unbelievable. It's kind of nice. Totally. Yeah. There's uh, it's a this whole. I mean, and then and then this market too, because everyone hears, oh my gosh, there's a lower supply, you know, and there's huge demand. Well, it's different pockets, and uh, we talk a lot about this, but it's something, I mean, we see it every single day. You start seeing a market starting to kind of get some some traction in it, mm-hmm. you know, and then those prices start rising. But then there's other markets that are are just sitting, and if if houses aren't selling in it, what the buyers are doing is saying, you know what, hey, it's not selling, let's just wait another week. And if we wait another week, maybe something else will come on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then it doesn't, and it doesn't. And then all of a sudden, some people start making a move, and they start going into it, and then all the buyers come in after that fact. So it's a interesting thing. And that's it's frustrating um, for sellers you know, to kind of be able to sit there and say, gosh, we've done everything we possibly can. We're at the right price. But it's, it gets to a point that it's like you either got to – there's one of two things, well, really one of three things. You know, we got to remove it from the market. You know, we got to go find that buyer, and typically by finding that buyer, if you've done, you 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 know, you've got your house uh, positioned right, you got to lower your price in which to get it, or you got to wait that buyer out, or wait that that area out. So, all right, we've got a call. By the way, our phone number here on the Real Estate Radio Hour with Chris and Andy six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Let's go to Bill. Bill in Lakeville, you're on the air. Hello. Wondering what the uh, hobby farm market is. Uh, I live in Lakeville now. I'm looking to maybe move south down to the you know New Market or you know Bonsdale Webster area, New Prague. What's the hobby market? A hobby farm market like? So, so for selling the hobby market farm or for buying one down in that other in well, the other yeah, area? Yeah, to sell. To sell. Okay. All right. Good. Um, Good question, and I actually worked down there quite a bit um, and know that very well. I actually just uh, I got a client into a, a hobby farm area in Lakeville, and uh, there's just there's not a lot available, you know, and it and it depends on how usable it is, how the outbuildings are, um, because there therein lies Andy your your comment when you were talking about the mm-hmm. riverfront. You know, if you got all that landscaping done, I mean, that's something that someone potentially comes in and they have to redo all of that. Right. So, I mean, the outbuildings are really important. I mean, the whole horse thing, I think, is a, a really interesting 
what, thing too. What do you what at least down in Lakeville? I know what the North Metro is like. I mean, there's can you have dirt bikes? Can you have horses? Can you have you know what can you do with that land? It really determines a lot of the value. How many horses can you have on that property with you know the or future use too? Yeah, you know how close are you to development? Because though you may never be using that, you know yep. that's a potential later on when it comes time to sell. And I always talk to people and tell them you know hey when I come back in five ten. 15, 20 years, you know, to be able to sell it, Mm -hmm. you know, what am I going to say to you when it comes time to sell? You know, hey, if there's an advantage that, you know, just like these two other houses I was talking about that you can subdivide, Mm -hmm. you know, that's an advantage for Mm -hmm. someone. That's a, that's a money-making thing. And so, um, but that's like uh, the, the hobby farm thing. It depends. I mean, are you, are you closer into town? Because some people that can get the hobby farm, but yet not be way the heck out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, that's very advantageous for some people. Some other people say, you know what, I want to be way the heck out there. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people that own these places don't just sit there and work on the barn all day. They have other jobs sure. that they have to go to. So um, it just depends. Kind of location. I mean, it all comes back to location. You know, those hobby farms. You know, how much usable um, acreage is there? You know, because you can only, I mean, you can only feed horses so much land. You know, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of little things that go in there. So. Awesome. All right, one other from the text line before we break, guys. Uh, Marketing Riverside Home Property, about 60 miles from the Twin Cities. Uh, Do you recommend a local realtor in that area or using someone from the cities? Both. Yeah. We can co-list. You can have a non-exclusive right to represent the seller, and you can do a co-listing so that you're getting that Twin Cities audience. But I'll tell you what. When people are up in the area and they're under, I call it under the ether, they're excited, they're having dinner at the great place, and then, hey, they see the for sale sign and they wander, make sure those brochure racks are full or there's a way for them to look up the photos a online link, on yeah. the spot and make sure that you get a real estate agent that's very responsive when they're up in the – because it's time is of the essence. When those people are there and they've got 20 minutes before they hit the pizza shack on their way to – and they see this property for sale and they call the agent and they can get a showing set up, boom. Now, if you don't have that audience or it's the time of year where you can't bring the people up or they're not there statistically, in the city, a realtor might be able to go to a, a different um, you know, audience that will be looking for that investment or that you know, vacation. Or you project. can leverage them both at the same time. Right. You know, that's what's really nice. I mean, a Twin Cities realtor, that's no way going to be able to – because what will happen is they'll get that call. The Twin Cities realtor mm-hmm. will get that call and they'll say, hey, we want to see this place. And the realtor will say, well, you know, I'm going to probably be driving up that way on next Wednesday. Does that work? Right. No, I'm here this weekend, you know, and the realtor that works up there is two minutes away and he's going to go meet, he or she is going to go meet him over there. Right. So I think it's it's good to kind of um, kind of do yeah, it together. Yeah, both for sure. Market it together. I agree. So. All right, quick break. We have more on the Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris Rooney and Andy Prasky are in studio here. The number is 651-989-9226. 651-989-9226. You can text 81807. It is 1048 certified Cadillacs on sale up to 40% off the original MSRP. Check out McCarthyAuto.com today. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is the Real Estate Radio Hour. Chris and Andy in studio. By the way, is 651-989-9226, or you can text 81807. That is 81807. Um, let's go to the text line. Um, what is the rule of thumb for new construction costs per square foot of a two-story home with an attached three-car garage, house-only, lot not included? Is there numbers people can keep in mind? 135. 
a real good number. That's a cheap number without your lot, all the way up to probably one. That doesn't include the basement being finished, right? Correct, just above okay. ground. Yep. Yep. And that's just kind of standard stuff. I mean, upgrades. No, that's, that's, any, that's a yeah. – I, I spend a lot, a lot, a lot of time out there. I mean, some of our houses are in the 200s for, per square foot, you know, um, and some of them are down as low as 135. So when you say a basic house built, you know, standard trim, Princeton trim and flat panel cabinets and hollow core doors and, you know, yeah, you're going to be in the 130, 135 range for a, a nice, you know, two-story without the lot. Yeah, and you can go up pretty quick. I mean, we were talking about toilet. Oh, yeah. We were talking about toilets earlier. I mean, you can. I mean, you can get uh, one hundred and fifty dollars toilets or uh, fifteen hundred dollars ones. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Those are nice. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You should see Chris's house. Yeah, those are, those are the ones we have here at CCO. Yeah, the, the, the massaging, fifteen hundred dollar ones. The, yeah. the nice breeze. <laughs> the Toto. Now, yeah. now, new construction, though, there are a lot of challenges in this because, number one, uh, there, there's only so many guys in the trades right now, and they can only build yeah. so much. Isn't that right, guys? Well, we, we call it the four L's. There's lots, labor, lumber, and lending, yeah. and those are the four L's that really dictate what happens in construction. And, you know, we've had over the last couple of years, there's a lot of demand because, obviously, there's not a lot of supply of existing houses. So that has put demand on a new construction. But Lots, once they ran out of all the bank-owned lots that were really cheap, I was concerned that we were going to see a slowdown, and we didn't. I mean, I'm talking, you know, lots that were 55, 60,000, now are 100, 110, 120, 140, and they're still going. Um, lumber was interesting is that they were talking about it's like 19,000 um, board feet of lumber as an average kind of amount of lumber that goes into an average 2,400-square-foot house like the caller just asked about, and lumber was up at 435 per thousand. So that that means basically from 2000 and, uh, you know, uh, a year ago, it's almost quadrupled. Wow. So it's it's really gone up. So a lot of they say it's a lot of it's coming, the lumber that comes out of Canada, the framing lumber, they're having trouble getting it in. And, and there's other, you know, but but labor again, a lot of the guys and gals that were in the trades, they got out years ago and they don't want to get back in. And so we are at the mercy of who stayed in the business and prices are going up. So I think you'll see new construction outpace the existing market and might see a little bit of a cool down this fall, midsummer, because like we said, houses are, even though people want them and they're willing to pay for them, but how much more? Are you willing to pay 20% more for a new house? Well, and that's what they start doing. I mean, I was talking about the luxury market and people that are building in that, they can build exactly what they want. But if you go to the existing market and start basing it kind of like, you know what? I mean, for seven hundred and fifty thousand, I can get this that I'd have to pay like nine hundred for, mm-hmm. and then you got to start landscaping it. Yep. You know, and so those become the the question marks. Then it's kind of like, gosh, it's too good of a deal to pass up. Let's mm-hmm. go with this house instead. You're right, hundred percent. And then you know the other deal that I always say is, you know, the best deal in new construction is finding the builder that had last year's model that they're finally ready to sell. It's at last year's pricing, which is probably you know ten fifteen percent less, and it uh, makes a big difference. All right, guys, we're about out of time on the program today. Always good to see you. Um, we should probably start with how do people reach you, Andy? How do they track you down? Uh, well, you can my website, prasky.com, or find us on Facebook. I, we've had a lot of people join us on Facebook and follow our listings because we talk about them. And they're like, what are you talking about? So if you go to Facebook and you like our, our Facebook page, um, and then you can kind of see a lot of that stuff as it happens, and then you know what we're talking about. All right, Chris, what about <laughs> exactly. you? Versus yeah. how do people reach Something you? Something like that. I can go to com or 952-226-6699. Okay, Prasky.com. All right, guys. Good to see you as always. Thanks, Thanks Steve. We'll and enjoy the, the day. Yeah, good, good, cool, comfortable day. Should be able to get a lot of work done outside today. I've got a long list of chores for sure. It is Real Estate Radio Hour, Chris and Andy. Good to see these guys as always here on CCO. <sighs> 
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.